0: Today on Blue 58, the Packers keep tweaking their roster as we get a chance to hear from a few notable voices on the team, including quarterback Jordan Love. Plus, we actually know when the Packers are going to be playing some football games. The season really isn't all that far away. Blue 58! Hello and welcome to another episode of Blue 58, the one and only podcast of ThePowerSweep.com. I am your host, John Meerdink, and I am very happy to be with you here for another episode Had to miss a recording session last week, but that means we've got a lot of things to talk about for this episode. We've got some roster moves. We've got some press conferences. We've got an actual schedule. Let's talk about a little bit of all of it. First and foremost, the Packers have signed safety Jonathan Owens, Mr. Simone Biles himself. A fifth-year man, originally an undrafted free agent out of Western Missouri, goes 5'11", 210 pounds. Great athlete across the board, 9.69 relative athletic score. 44340-yard four, four, His Jumping numbers are absolutely ridiculous. 43-inch vertical leap, 11-foot broad jump. Just an incredible athlete. He originally signed with the Arizona Cardinals after the 2018 draft, in which he went undrafted. Then he spent his whole rookie season on injured reserve. Eventually, he landed with the Houston Texans prior to the 2019 season. Now he didn't play a whole lot in Houston over the next few years. Just 14 games. Over 1920 and 2021, but 2022, he had something of a breakout year. He appeared in all 17 games for the Texans, 971 snaps on defense, another 71 on special teams. Pretty balanced snap profile across the board, though. Crucially, he did play some deep safety. 576 snaps as a free safety in 2022, another 215 in the box, another 115 in the slot. Really, it just gives the Packers another option at safety, and that's I've given up trying to figure out exactly what's going to happen at safety because it just seems like it's all over the map right now. We've talked about how the roster tends to be set pretty early in the offseason. Really, there aren't that many changes as things go along. You pretty much know what you're going to get if you're the, the coaching staff, if you're the general manager after the draft is done. You make your draft picks, you sign your undrafted free agents, those are the guys you're going to have, and chances are you've probably got between 40 and 48 roster spots all but locked up already. There are very few real actual roster battles that go on during training camp. But safety seems to be a pretty notable exception for the Packers because Darnell Savage is going to make this team given where his his uh, contract situation is. And beyond that, it's pretty much wide open. They signed Tavarius Moore. They signed Jonathan Owens. But I wouldn't call them necessarily roster locks. They're a good bet. Dallin Levitt's a good bet, but he's pretty much going to be exclusively a special team, or he was last year despite playing 300 snaps on special teams. We never saw him anywhere else. Uh, on the Packers roster, he never played a snap of defense, and you can't just build a, a safety room with three guys and a special teamer. There are going to be other guys on there, and how you know how the snaps are divvied up is is going to be an interesting process. And we haven't even talked about about Rudy Ford, who has a part to play in the secondary too. He was basically last year's Jonathan Owens or Tarvarius Moore. An athletic guy with some special teams background who can do some stuff at safety, well, how does that shake out with what they've got on the roster now? It remains to be seen. As a corresponding move to signing Owens, the Packers released safety James Wiggins, and we were having an internal discussion on the Power Sweeps Discord server about not talking about James Wiggins. And I said I was going to have to make sure that we got a a chance to discuss him on the podcast because he signed a futures deal back in January. But unfortunately, he is released, and the Packers fill his roster spot today, claiming offensive lineman uh, DJ Scaife on waivers. He had been a member of the Miami Dolphins. They released him, and the Packers make the claim on waivers. He is a rookie undrafted free agent, an offensive line prospect, probably an interior offensive lineman, though he played both guard and tackle at Miami Pretty decent athlete, 7.49 relative athletic score, moves pretty well for his size, a 513 40-yard dash, which doesn't sound great, but he ran it at 321 pounds, which is pretty good. Moving 321 pounds at 513 is not too shabby. Not great on the agility drills, just okay jumping-wise, but the important thing is here that he has a lot of playing experience, and then he looks like a legitimate interior offensive line prospect, if nothing else, a big body, which kind of fits with some of the things the Packers have been doing over the past couple of years, going a little bit bigger with their interior guys. He he fits that mold. The Packers have shown a pronounced love for bigger offensive linemen of late. And he certainly appears to be a big one. Since we last spoke, we also got a release of the NFL schedule for 2023. Overall, I always find it hard to say much about the schedule as it comes out because there's just so much we don't know about teams yet. We don't even really know what the Packers are going to look like. We have a pretty good guess what the roster is going to look like. But what it looks like on the field is a pretty big mystery. And I think if we're honest with ourselves and if NFL analysts were actually honest for a moment at this point in the calendar year, nobody really knows. So we just kind of speculate, you know, what strength of schedule is going to be like? What's, you know, how's the NFC East going to shake out? What does the AFC East look like? You've got Aaron Rodgers there this year. How is that all going to play out? Nobody really knows. But I think what you can do is look for trends and interesting stretches. For me, the most interesting stretch of this year's schedule starts the first week of November. You've got week nine, the Packers get the Rams at Lambeau Field for a noon kick. Always love a good noon kickoff. Week 10, you got the Steelers on the road. So we're heading to Pittsburgh for another noon kickoff. Week 11, back at Lambeau Field to play the Chargers uh, for another noon kickoff. So three in a row there to start off November. And I think they even have one in week eight as well. So uh, four noon kickoffs in a row. Not too shabby. But week 12, the Packers return to Thanksgiving football playing the Lions in Detroit on Thanksgiving. You know, we're going to be watching football on Thanksgiving anyway. Might as well so- watch something with a little bit of teeth. Packers get to play the Lions on the road. The last time they played the Lions in Detroit, it didn't go particularly well, so maybe they can avenge that game. Then in week 13, the Packers are back at home. They play the Chiefs on Sunday night football, and finally they finish out things in that stretch with a week 14 game against the Giants at New York on Monday night football. As far as fun stretches, that's a pretty fun six-game stretch as well. Elsewhere on the schedule, it's Interesting and a little bit unusual that the Packers are opening on the road again. What are the odds of five straight to open the Matt Lafleur era? Five in a row on the road to open the season. Unreal. But you you just play the games you got to play. Week 17, the Packers are playing the Vikings on Sunday Night Football. That could be a very interesting game if the Packers and Vikings are competitive down the stretch. Or it could be a flex target by like week 10. You never really know. And then week 18... The Packers play the Bears at Lambeau Field. The time and actual date of that game, still TBD, which is always fun for me. I love it when we have this whole big schedule rollout process and there's a bunch of games on the schedule where they're like, we don't know. When is it going to happen? Who knows? We just don't know. We'll, We'll tell you that some of the games are happening, but not all of them. And we'll just figure it out as it shapes up down the stretch. Why not? A little mystery. There are too many known things in the NFL, too much under control. Let's just throw out some weird and wild stuff, like having games on the schedule that don't have a time or a date. Sure, why not? It's fun. We also missed out on talking about Jordan Love. Uh, Jordan Love last week, last Thursday, I believe, actually, uh, sat down, well, stood up at a lectern in the Packers media room and spoke to the assembled media there. A lot of people made a big deal about it being the first time that Jordan Love, you know, has really talked to the media. It's not really the first time he's talked to the media, but it is the first time he's talked to the media as the Packers starting quarterback. And by and large, I think he nailed it. He did look pretty nervous, did sound pretty nervous early on, but he said all the right things. He was forthcoming in areas where it made him look good and also, you know, gave the the media something to chew on a little bit. I especially liked his answer about, you know, when when in this process of being essentially Aaron Rodgers' backup for these past three years, did did it get tough for you? Did it ever get tough for you? And he said, yeah, it was pretty tough after he signed the contract extension. Uh, that w- that was a, a bitter pill to swallow, and, and I totally understand why that might be the case. But I think his last couple of answers were actually his most interesting ones. His His third-to-last and last answers in the press conference were the most interesting to me. I won't play the first answer for you because he doesn't really say, but I think the question from Ryan Wood of PackersNews.com, technically the Green Bay Press-Gazette, was a good one. He said, what is the barometer for you to know whether or not the season is going well? And Love did a really good thing. He paused before he answered. I really like to see that. He took a second and thought about it. Then he said something else really smart. I don't really know. And that, I think, is sometimes the most honest thing that you can say. If you really don't know, don't try to BS some answer and come up with something that you think sounds good or that you think people want to hear. If you really don't know, just say, I don't know. But he did kind of get some insight into what success would look like for him a couple questions later. I don't know this for sure. I think it may have been Aaron Nagler that asked him the question, and I, I honestly don't even remember what the question was. But Love talked a little bit about how he would handle the highs and lows of the season. And I think his answer was really good. And I wanted to play that for you here. So here's what he had to say. Um, and one thing I learned in college is one of my coaches always told me, it's never as good as you think it is. It's never as bad as you think it is. Um, that's one thing that stuck with me. It's like, you know, Even when it, it feels like you know the world's falling down, you're playing so bad. Um, and you go back and film, you're like, I really wasn't as bad as I thought it was. Um, I made a lot of good plays, or vice versa. You are playing; you feel like you're playing lights out, and it's like, oh, no, I could have did this a little bit different. Um, so my thing, like I said, is just keep growing. Um, I know it's not going to be easy. I know there's going to be ups and downs. And you know, the thing I'm going to tell guys is try and stick together, stay together through the whole process. And um, the tighter we can get a bond together as a team, the, the easier it's going to be to face these challenges. Now, I hesitate to say anything in sports is exceptionally wise. This is, after all, a... What amounts to a, a child's game that we're talking about here? But I think that is a wise perspective. It's never really as bad as you think it is, never really as good as you think it is. That's something that I've found to be true in my life in a whole bunch of different scenarios. Something that I think about a lot, especially since I still work on a lot of audio stuff, is what it was like to be getting tape out in the field as a radio news reporter. So I worked as a, a radio news journalist for a while. I worked at a, a station in Janesville, Wisconsin. I was at a station in... in In Dork County, Wisconsin, a group of stations there actually for a while. Uh, I worked for WTMJ in Milwaukee for a a few years. I did some work at WIBC in Indianapolis. I've done a lot of work as a radio news reporter. And one of the things, a lesson that I learned again and again, is tape never sounds as good back at the station as it does in the field. Because you're really, when you're interviewing somebody and you're answering, asking questions, they're giving answers. Sometimes it just feels like in, in the moment, it's, it's exciting, you, you think you're getting really good stuff on tape. And so many times it would just be like, you would get back to the station, you'd be so excited, and you're going to cut up the tape, and we're going to put together a great report uh, about, you know, whatever it was, city council meeting, a news conference from a, you know, a local politician, whatever it was. And sometimes I would get back to the station and just feel so excited, and then sit down and cut up the tape. And it's like, I couldn't find the good sound bites. Like, where did they go? Where were the good clips that I thought I was getting out in the field? And it's just that excitement changes your perspective. And it's never as exciting out or back at the station as it was out in the field. So many other situations like that, job interviews. Uh, It it often, I've had times, I've, I've gotten job offers off of interviews that I thought that I bombed. There was one interview or there was one job that I actually ended up getting where I thought I did so badly in the interview that when somebody called me and asked for, you know, some information so they could do some paperwork, I almost blew them off and and didn't send in what they were looking for, not realizing that it was human resources calling, basically doing the preliminary paperwork to make sure that I could start at the job. Young and immature, not understanding how these things work, but also getting too low about something that you didn't need to get too low about. And to me, this is a long way of saying that it's encouraging to hear Jordan Love say things like that as he goes into a season that he knows is going to be a challenge. I don't think we really know what the Packers are going to be. And I don't think we're going to know who they are until like, shoot, probably six months from now. I'm looking at the date. It's, it's May 16th. As I record this, If we know exactly what the Packers are by November, I think we're doing pretty well. It might take us a whole year to really figure out what they've got on this Packers team and what really needs to be changed in the next offseason, because I think there's going to be a lot of different parts of this team that have to grow together this year as we try to figure out what the, the ultimate version of the early Jordan Love era Packers looks like, including Jordan Love himself to really understand who he is as a player I think he has to start quite a few games in a row he's got to go through those up and ups and downs and ride them out and and take some lumps i guess really for lack of a better way of saying it but understanding now saying it's never as, as good as you think it is and it's never as bad as you think it is i think that's a really good perspective and that is what i came out of the the Jordan Love press conference really holding on to seems like he's a really even keeled guy seems like he's got a good perspective on things going going forward and I realize it's easy to have a really good perspective on things in May nobody's playing games this week no part of the season is really going to be won and lost this week despite all the people who were convinced that the Packers season last year would have been different if Aaron Rodgers had just been at OTAs probably not the Packers will not be you know, made or broken in May. It's going to be that process of going through those ups and downs, riding them out together, and making sure that your highs don't get you too high and your lows don't get you too low. We're going to talk about this a little bit later on. We're reading through uh, When Pride Still Mattered right now, and it's a wonder that Vince Lombardi survived as a person not so. Not even as a football coach, everybody called him Mr. High-Low just because he would get so high and so low from moment to moment. He would get so caught up in things that it almost ruined his perspective, and you wonder how he's even able to function. If Jordan Love has that part of things figured out now, I got to think he's in pretty good shape. I also wanted to talk about one other thing related to where Jordan Love is as a player right now, Last week when we were talking about Jordan Love, we talked about some statistical barometers for him, what would look like a good season. What I wanted to mention and forgot to put into the episode is some research that I'd done about where Jordan Love actually is right now. I haven't seen anybody explicitly say this, but I think there's this there's been this kind of undercurrent of thought, and I've probably said something along this these lines myself, about how little we know about Jordan Love. And I think the implicit part of saying that is we don't know much about Jordan Love compared to when Aaron Rodgers was taking over. Because looking back for me, at least, I think when Rodgers took over, it felt like we actually did know quite a bit about him. I don't know if that's actually true. Or maybe I don't know if it's true that we know less about Jordan Love than we did about Aaron Rodgers. Went back and dug through all of Jordan Love's preseason stats. Compared to Aaron Rodgers' preseason stats from the time before he was the Packers' starting quarterback. In preseason and regular season combined, Jordan Love has already thrown 192 passes as a Green Bay Packers quarterback. He's thrown 83 in the regular season and across two different preseasons, because remember, he missed out on all the 2020 preseason because of the pandemic. He's played five preseason games, and he's thrown 109 passes across those five preseason games. It would be more, but he missed one preseason game in 2021 due to an injury. He only played the first and third preseason games that year. 109 passes to go with 83 in the regular season, giving us a total of 192. How many throws do you think we saw from Aaron Rodgers, preseason and regular season combined, before he became the Packers' starting quarterback. It's not a whole lot more. In fact, it's only one more. 193. That's the total. Across his entire regular season, and across 12 preseason games, Aaron Rodgers had only thrown 192 passes when he became the Packers' starting quarterback. He really didn't get a lot of burn in his preseason experience. In every preseason game that he has played, Jordan Love has thrown at least 17 passes. Would you care to guess, across 12 preseason games, how many times Aaron Rodgers did that prior to become the Packers' starting quarterback? One. Week one of the 2007 preseason, he threw 27 passes. That's the only time he threw more than 20. It's the only time he threw more than 17. Jordan Love has shown us a lot in the preseason. Aaron Rodgers did not. And Aaron Rodgers didn't have as many attempts in the regular season either. In terms of what we've seen from Jordan Love, Love is a far more known commodity, or at least equally known commodity. Let's say that, equally known to where Aaron Rodgers was. Do we have a good grasp of what Jordan Love is as a player? No, I don't think that we do but the point is we shouldn't look back and say Aaron Rodgers was definitely this known commodity. We knew way more about him as a as a player than Jordan Love. I just don't think that's true. I think maybe there was a some sort of comfort level with Aaron Rodgers there because of the the one real exciting moment that he did have in the regular season during that 2007 regular season against um against the Cowboys that everybody likes to reference, but even then I'm I'm not sure how much of that performance was really on on Rogers or how real the comeback really was. I think there was a lot of stuff that happened that was out of Rodgers' control in that game. Point of, point being that love is not a super unknown commodity, or maybe Aaron Rodgers really wasn't that much of a known commodity either. There was a lot of faith there from the Packers organization, and maybe 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 not so much faith, given what they did in the draft in the the two thousand eight I guess off season, drafting Brian Brom, drafting Matt Flynn. There's a big vote of confidence for Aaron Rodgers, huh? I don't think he was just this super known commodity. And I think looking at his experience to date compared to love, it just it just does not paint him as a guy that had all these reps and and really looked super ready to go because of this incredible amount of, you know, playing time that he'd had. It really just doesn't hold up. Historically, he just didn't play tons and tons of football before he became the starter. So I think feeling a little maybe about uneasy about love is okay because we didn't really know that much about Aaron Rodgers either. I want to close today with talking a little bit about when pride still mattered. We talked about that coming coming well just a, a couple segments ago. We've been going chapter by chapter at thepowersweep.com having some more in-depth discussions uh, in the Power Sweeps Discord really enjoyed digging through this book at a deeper level than I've really gone through it before. There are a ton of small and interesting nuggets in this book, but I wanted to talk a little bit about chapter 12, the Packers sweep. This is about Vince Lombardi really digging into the job of becoming the Packers head coach. And more than that, the supreme authority with the Green Bay Packers. His famous, well, maybe not famous line, but the line that David Moranis writes Uh, or attributes to him is, I want it understood that I'm in complete command. And I think that is probably the most important thing that Vince Lombardi said during his time at the Green Bay Packers. It was kind of the defining feature of what he did in Green Bay. He wasn't just the coach, and he wasn't just the general manager. He He was the pope, which is how people described him supreme, unimpeachable authority in Green Bay. And what he did with that authority, well, really two important things. First, he made a string of long, or a long, long string of successful decisions. He got his assistants really lined up, a group of high-quality, NFL-experienced assistants. He talked Paul Horning out of retirement. He shipped Billy Houghton out of town, who had been a great player, but was becoming a bit of a malcontent in the locker room. He traded for Henry Jordan. He traded for Emlyn Tunnell. He traded for Fuzzy Thurston. And really, he just built up the Packers internally. Missing on any one of those things probably doesn't crush the Packers. But Lombardi was so detail-oriented, he was able to nail all of these small things by putting to work knowledge he had spent a long time building up. A high school coach, a college coach, a college coach again, coaching with the New York Giants. He was building towards this, refining who he was as a coach, and he really hit the ground running. But secondly, he used that ultimate authority to get buy-in. More even than making the correct decisions about players, getting those players to buy into his vision was probably the most important thing that he did. And in the, in the discussion post at thepowersweep.com, I describe it this way. You've got Lombardi's legendary motivational speeches, some of which are are laid out in this chapter, chapter 12. They all come down to a simple choice. Do you want to be here or not? That is a very simple form of motivation. The guys that decided that they wanted to buy what Lombardi was selling, they were willing to do whatever it took to meet those demands. The guys that didn't, that's a real easy choice for Lombardi because you don't even have to kick them out. They are self-selecting out of the program. That saves Lombardi the trouble of cutting them himself. And it gives you a standard by which to measure all the guys that want to stay. Hey, you said you wanted to be here you said you were going to listen to me. You said you were going to trust me to do the right thing for this team. Live up to that or get out of town. That is a powerful and smart thing to do. That is what really shines through for me about Vince Lombardi reading through this book. Yes, there were some other shortcomings. Yes, there were some off-field things that I think we can have real conversations about as far as, you know, Lombardi's character uh things that he maybe and probably should have done better as a person. But at least as far as being a football coach, that was an incredibly smart and I think honed by a life of being a football coach, intuitive move for Lombardi to approach things that way. And it really seems to well obviously it paid off for the Packers. Pulling those things apart it's been really rewarding. Hope you join us in reading through this book we're doing a chapter a week plenty of time left plenty of chapters left to go and it should take us through the rest of the off season that's all i've got for you in this episode of blue 58 i appreciate you tuning in i'd appreciate it even more if you would take a second and share this episode with someone you think would enjoy it it's going to help more people find the show and get more people involved in this conversation you and i are having about the green bay packers which in turn is going to help all of us me included become smarter packers fans and as i always say smarter packers fans are better packers fans and better Packers fans are what we all want to be. I'm your host, John Meerdink. We'll see you next time on Blue 58.